Welcome to the Crazy Egg Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Follow me on social media at Crazy Egg Fan on Instagram and on X. Crazy Egg Fan Facebook page. What's up, Ike? To this. Wow, what a week for Ike, for the Ike community, for Ike to this around the world, for Greek football fans around the world. This was probably one of the most anticipated matches I had ever been waiting to see with everything surrounding it. Um, Maybe as far as, I don't know, what has gone on in the league table. You know, if it was a big cup match, I can remember other, obviously, matches over the past year because I had such a great year last year that I was looking forward to, but this one takes the cake. I was so amped up about this match, so nervous as to how this team was going to come out. Before the match, I was watching some pregame stuff and listening to some pregame stuff on the radio. I was hearing about, you know, how this team hasn't played a match in 16 days, how this is the first official match of the season. And we talked about that, guys, in the past couple weeks in talking in preparation for this uh, these fixtures against Dinamo, Dinamo Zagreb. Keep wanting to say Dinamo Kiev. Dinamo Zagreb. And we've talked about how is that going to play a role? Is it going to play a role? The fact that they've, they're they a month into their season, they've already played a round of qualifying. How's Ike going to come down? Come, how is Ike going to come out to play? So let's get into it. Let's get into the first half. And of course, as projected, Ike came out a little sluggish. I shouldn't say sluggish. That's a bad word. Out of form. As I tweeted out during the match and Closer to the halftime, I just looked out of form. I just looked like they hadn't had a lot of games under their belt. Dinamo looked dangerous, but looked beatable, honestly. So the first 15 minutes, and I don't know why this happens, why we have so many defensive lapses in the first 15 minutes. I felt like Dinamo really controlled the game. I mean, they, they you knew they were going to come out and try to really take it to Ike as Ike this being their first official match, uh, Dinamo being the home team. So I was expecting a little bit better from us in the first half or in the first few minutes because we saw that in preseason. I talked about it in every preseason match. Yes, we played phenomenal going, going with the flow of the match and going further into the, the, the games. But we always had this like very slow, I should, I'll say sluggish for the defense, sluggish defensive, just mistakes, not looking in, into form. And I said this could hurt us if this was to happen in, in official matches and it's something that needed to be worked on. Well, obviously, whatever it was, very slow start defensively for Ike, very slow start period. Um, things finally popped off. I should say Dinamo missed a couple of half chances here and there in those first 15 minutes, but I missed the biggest chance of the match with Levy Garcia. A nice pass by Steven Zuber inside the box to free up Levy Garcia, and Levy just wasn't able to put it in the back of the net. But again, the Croatian goalkeeper made a phenomenal save, um, which was the 
to be the first of many for him, especially more so in the second half than the first. So that breathed kind of a little bit more life in Ike. And I said this pre-match, talking about my analysis of Dinamo, especially if you guys remember me watching that first half of uh, Dinamo and Astana a few weeks ago, where I said that uh, Dinamo were susceptible to the counter. And I was looking forward to this match, especially the way that I saw Ike counter in the Tremza Sport Friendly. How were they going to be able to use that against Dinamo in this match? That came out a little more in the second half, though. Dinamo looked to be more control, control the tempo, playing from the back. A lot of people made this criticism. They were like, you know, we're so used to that Almeida press and this team pressing up high, and they looked like they weren't pressing up high. Listen, teams that know how to play well off from the back, you can't press them that much. And teams that have quality, because they can make good passes. And they can make good passes that will just carve you up if you're not careful. And I think that's what Ike was trying to do in the first half, was putting a little bit of pressure on on Dinamo and picking their times to really press. You could tell Ike really, really work on that and... and, and, uh, practice and of course it yielded fruit again because that's how Ike's equalizing goal was to happen we'll, we'll get to that later but Ike looked very out of form um to kind of cap off the first half Dinamo again missed opportunities uh until that free kick but nothing really major nothing really to where you could say okay did they deserve to be up one nil maybe but look, that's going to happen in football. That's going to, you're going to create half chances. You're going to create some chances, but it wasn't anything really where I would say, I would take a step back and say, okay, did, did Namo really deserve to be up 1-0? But they had their biggest opportunity to do so from a free kick, a well-taken free kick, excellent free kick. At first glance, I was like, what the heck is Stankovic doing? And then looking at the replay, there was nothing he could have done there. And Stankovic was honestly our MVP of the first half. He played a great, he kept Ike in it the first half. And we can see why that he was taken over. Anastasiades, both great goalkeepers in my mind. But I, I just, there's more comfort, more siguria when you have Stankovic, I think, um, in between the goalposts than Anastasiades. For me, anyways, from what I've seen, compared to last season to this season. Uh, but things could always change. Other first-half thoughts. Dinamo looked good. It looked like the more informed team, the better side. Ike, like I said, looked just out of form. Just need ga- needed games under their belt. They were not in sync. You could tell some passes were not crisp. The midfield was getting completely eaten alive by by Dinamo. Dinamo controlled everything in the midfield, uh, which, of course, criticisms again. (laughs) And it's hard to say to criticize this team and these players after such an emotional week and the first match of the season. But, you know, we do this. We have this. Forgive me, guys, for saying this. We have a little bit of getting out of this. Someone could give us gold and we'll complain about it. that's how I feel as an Ike team. But, <clears throat> you know, people were complaining, like, why does he insist on playing two defensive midfielders? In a match like this, you need to play two defensive midfielders. And I know maybe it's not as aesthetically pleasing. Maybe it's not. It can frustrate you because Ike struggled to keep possession. 
and to create something from the midfield or to give Pineda, let's say, more space in the midfield to create, to play kind of in the middle of the pitch as opposed to playing on that um, on the left side. Um, I can agree with that. I'm totally, you know, I, I still don't understand. I don't understand why Almeida does it. I mean, you, you can in a certain sense. In a match like this, I feel like that was needed. It's the first match of the season. You needed to have good. You needed to have uh, sound defense in this match because you knew defensively Ike were tested. The whole, the defense as a whole had a hard time in the first half. I heard a lot of people giving CD Bay criticism that he didn't have a good half. I don't think both backs played well in the first half. I think I saw a lot of players getting away from Hadzi Safi on that left side and from CD Bay and. Uh, Mukudu was really struggling with the, what's his name, Petkovic. So the defense as a whole was struggling in the first half. And it, listen, guys, the quality of the opponent is going to get better, especially as we go more and more in Europe. There's going to be times when this defense is going to struggle, but it's a sound defense. It's a bend but don't break. Sometimes they're going to break, but... As we saw, as we're going to get into it in the second half. Yeah, Ike, we're down 1-0. Um, Dinamo with a great chance at the end of the half, and I really thought that they were going to be able to put the ball in the back of the net. They had a great opportunity where a player got away and was 1v1 against Stankovic, but, Stanko, but uh, just a poor finish, honestly. It was a good save, good positioning by Stankovic, but a great, uh, but a, I shouldn't say great, a great for Ike. A terrible finish in the end. I think um, the player just got a little nervous because he couldn't believe. You know how you see that sometimes from footballers. They can't believe that they're so free in uh, in that moment. You could tell they're, in that split second, you can tell their brain's working. Like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Where do I shoot the ball? What do I do? And just kind of one of those moments where it's like, it's crazy because the uh, the announcer was like, is this going to be a moment that's going to come back to haunt Dinamo? And I think maybe if they end up losing this fixture, that that could be a possibility. Um, but let's move on to the second half. Ike looked like a different team in the second half. They came out a little more sharp on the press, a little more better on the ball, a little bit more crisper passes. The midfield was able to hold the ball a little bit more, but you could still tell even before Steven Zuber was able to equalize, the midfield needed a change. It just it it was not working, and uh, obviously Almeida saw that. And that's why he made the change of putting Galanopoulos in. But moments before that, Steven Zuber was able to get free and equalized on a phenomenal, just a phenomenal move to get himself open and take the shot and put it where it was going to take something special to beat this keeper. And he's a great goalkeeper. And that's what Steven Zuber did. Uh, offensively, Steven Zuber for me was the MVP of the match. Phenomenal game by him. You know, with the pass in the first half that left uh, Levy Garcia wide open. That was a great pass. I think anytime he would get the ball up front, he was able to do something, either hold possession or try to move Ike forward. There were times where in the first and the beginning of the second half, 
him and Pineda would try to do that. Um, but it's hard when you don't have a midfield that can that can hold the ball a little bit, hold possession a little bit. So after that, I think, uh, you know, Ike were in business. I think they gave Ike a lot of confidence, especially with the change in the midfield of bringing Galanopoulos on. Uh, change the dynamic of the game. Ike were just a better team. They held the ball more. They pressed. Again, going back to the Steven Zuber goal, it was the pressing of Ike, Almeida's classic pressing, that was able to bear fruit, and Ike were able to steal the ball and able to score. Uh, something that we didn't see a lot of, as I said before, in the first half that had a lot of people concerned, or in general, people said Ike were not pressing as much. When you're playing against better quality opponents, as I said before, you also have to pick your moments when you press. You can't press them constantly because, like I said, teams that know how to pass out of that can make two or three great passes. I mean, you, you we've all seen Ike play, you know, the past year or so. When you're bringing up sometimes, it seems like five, six players into the opposing box. If a team knows how to pass and you don't you don't track back to cover, they can they can they can open you up. They can open you up very easily with one or two passes if you're not careful. That's why I think Ike were picking their moments to to press as opposed to when we see them play quote unquote more inferior opponents when they're constantly pressing and constantly wreaking havoc on the opposing side. And like I said, Zuber, fantastic. Almeida read the game perfectly. I mean, to bring Alanopoulos on at that moment and then at the end of the match to bring on Pizarro, uh, Araujo, and Mandalo. What about Araujo? Araujo, I mean, gosh, what can you say where he's ahead of schedule as far as his injury was concerned to come back in this match and, and play? Uh, of course... Ike had some late chance, and you, you just knew it was coming. You, I mean, even the announcer said it, that Ike are, they're, they're playing for it here. And Almeida said in the press conference before the match, he said, we're coming here to win. We're not coming here. We're, our goal every time we step out on the pitch is to win. And you saw them really go for it. Um, you saw kind of Dinamo get a little nervous. Um, and then finally, <laughs> well, first, let's give credit where credit's due. Great play there on the side before Villanopolo comes in and hits that rocket by Araujo. And look, Pizarro, this is understated by in the Ike media, and I've, I've hardly heard anyone talk about this. Pizarro, in his first appearance with Ike, has a, a great assist. I mean, he didn't give up on that ball. He could have easily given up on that ball and either let it go out for a corner or just let it go out. But no, he didn't give up on that ball. He stayed consistently on it and was able to turn the ball back. And Galanopolo was able to get on the end of it and shot a rocket that you weren't getting that. I don't care if you had two. I don't care if you had two of those keepers in the in between the sticks. No one was getting to that ball. A phenomenal goal. And the fact that it was a Greek player. That's one thing that I didn't take down in my notes that I forgot to mention today. That was one thing that, not to sound like a xenophobe, but was a little disappointing to see that we had no Greek players in the starting lineup. 
I'm not going to get into a whole thing about this because I can go on about this for forever. But I've said it before on the podcast. I don't like that. I don't like when I see teams playing in Europe, especially to have starting lineups without any Greek players in the lineup. So for me, it could have been anybody. But the fact that it was the fact that it was a Greek player, Galanopoulos, and the fact that it was him, the showing that this kid had in that match, he deserves it, man. He has been through so much, through so many injuries. He had so much promise early on in his career. He's still young enough to get his career together. And not to make it sound like it's, you know, it's it's his it's his fault that these injuries happened. But hats off to him, man. The poise, the determination, the hard work that it probably took. For anyone that's ever rehabbed an injury, just in normal life, rehab sucks. I've had a couple of back injuries and I've had to rehab my back before. Or I've had a couple of back surgeries and I've had to rehab my back. And also along with that, you really have to build strong legs, like hamstrings. Uh, that's tough just living a normal life to go through that grind of rehabilitation. I can't imagine as a professional footballer or as a professional athlete to have to do that. But great on him. I mean, I, I I was so proud of that kid. And I mean, he's he's one of ours. He's truly one of ours. A kid from... Like the announcer said, that's Blachna Ike from Ike herself. The Ike, and we've rarely been able to say that the past few years. Ike have not put out that much talent. The academy has not put out that much talent. Uh, great, just uh, just a sense of pride, man. As soon as that went in, phenomenal. And then a couple great chances, a couple headers by Vida late on. Um, Ike really could have. I mean, this game could have really taken a turn for the worst for Dinamo. It could have easily been, and I'm not over-exaggerating, it could have been 1-4. It could have finished 4-1 for Nike's favor. Um, but all to play for in the second leg, we can't get um, too caught up in this. So just after an emotional week, after everything that's happened this past week with Ike, for them to come out and have this type of victory. I know it put a smile on a lot of people's faces. I know maybe it didn't put a smile on Michali's friends or family because it's it's still, you still lost your child, your friend, but at least it put a smile on, on, on our faces because this community has, has honestly just been suffering. I mean, football has been very secondary in my mind until before the match. It like, until the match started and you were able to sit down in front of the TV and be like, okay, I was excited about this match. I wanted them to win this match for the reasons of kind of like a, a, a revenge or to win this match for Mikhali and for the I community as a whole. But part of me was like, I don't want to, I, I can't get happy about this. I can't get excited about this. Uh, obviously that changed in the while I was watching the match. Um, but just a phenomenal, phenomenal second half. I mean, the second half that I put on here is like they they picked up right where they left off. Zuber, Bineda, bringing on Galanopolo, and the depth of this roster. We always talk about this, the depth of this roster. I mean, Eliasson did not have a good match for me. Amnabot came on and did Amnabot things. You don't want to piss that guy off. He was able to hold the ball 
when the ball was um, passed to him on that side. Um, he kind of helped out a lot, gave Ike things that Eliasson unfortunately couldn't give Ike in this match. But when you have, earlier in this match, but when you have that kind of quality, and I think of it, Katsinovic is injured, Ponce was not on the on the European roster. Who knows what we're going to see from Zini this year. As I said, Zini was one of the most exciting players in the preseason. That's just to name a few. I'm probably forgetting another player. The depth of this roster is going to be very, very key this season for Ike to be able to keep up in all three competitions. So let's move on to the talking a little bit about the second leg. The second leg, of course, quick turnaround, played this Saturday in Philadelphia. Let me talk about how massive it is, both on the pitch and off the pitch, that Ike were able to win this match in Zagreb to have a leg up, no pun intended. Um, I think it was very massive. I think if Ike would have ended up losing... It could have made things very ugly on Saturday. Hopefully things don't get out of hand at all. I know there's a lot of people that are mad at the Greek authorities, Greek police. Look, guys, that doesn't matter. If we want to give some Michali some justice and send these Nazis freaking packing their bags for the Europa League or packing their bags for the Europa League qualifiers, we have to just take care of business on Sundays, on Saturday. And that's the best thing that we can do. Um, I really was fearful as to if the outcome in Zagreb was not in our favor, what Saturday could look like for an, for an in Philadelphia. Um, I think the one key match, the one key thing for Ike is to keep their composure on Saturday. And I have complete faith in Mateus Almeida that he'll be able to do that for, with the players. I think also the counter is going to be very big because you know Dinamo is going to come out. They're going to press. They're going to try to get that equalizing goal to equalize aggregately <clears throat> and to kind of just get back in the match. I think I need to be ready to counter. And I think that's going to work. I My prediction is... I'm predicting either it's going to stay 1-1 or Ike's going to get a, a good victory. I think like a 2-0 victory on on Saturday simply because Dinamo are so susceptible to the counter and Ike can hit so hard on the counter that I feel like that gives Ike the, the advantage. But then again, all to play for. Dinamo is still a great team, have great quality up front. Ike still need to be careful. Just half the job is done. And then after that, we can move on to Antwerp, uh, which I think is a great draw for Ike. It's going to be a difficult one. The Belgian league is growing. They have great quality in that league. But I think Antwerp is an opponent that Ike can can take on and say, okay, we can make it to the Champions League now. Um, other than that, there was some report that came out <clears throat> yesterday, and I haven't really listened to a lot of what's been going on in Greece about uh, <laughs> Michotakis wanting to close the supporters clubs, the Organomeni, as we say in Greek, or the Ultras clubs, as they're known in English. That's complete freaking BS in my mind. How can you say that? 
that's completely diverting responsibility from your government's fault. Your government failed to act. This is no one else's fault. Your government, your the Greek police that's under control of your government failed to act. This has nothing to do with, with, with the ultras. And I'm sorry, and I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it. Not all ultras, ultras or hooligans. Not all many club supporters or hooligans. Some of them are really good people that do good things for their communities. It's complete BS. It's complete divert to not make himself look like a total a-hole. Uh, ridiculous. Ridiculousness. Um, anyway, guys, I was going to do... Um, a small preview of the Greek League. Let me just say a few things about that. First off, you know, over the years we've talked about, or over this past year especially, you guys have heard me talk about what I feel as far as Greek teams in Europe and the Greek League as a whole. You know, and then <clears throat> I never thought this to be true, but obviously it has come to fruition, especially as we see how good the teams are doing in Europe right now. Now, this is just saying that Eichen Banathanaikos making it to the Champions League playoffs. Um, full disclosure, today's Thursday morning here when I'm recording, so still a bunch of Greek clubs have yet to play. Hopefully they can all get through. And we finally realized that having a good run of form in the league, that how good and competitive the league was last year, how it's bled over and how it's bore fruit into how well teams are doing this season in Europe and the European qualifiers compared to other years. Because, you know, we've heard, we've heard the arguments from our friends, Olympiacos fans that say, why should we care about the league? Why, you know, why should we care about the rest of the league? And they shouldn't. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and make moans about that. Even Ike fans, if if the other teams start essing the bed, let's say, and Ike are able to win the championship by like 15 points, why should I care? Or why should I care about what other teams do? Uh, but having a strong competitive league, we've seen the what it can bear in Europe. And it's nice to see. It's nice to see the fact that teams are doing well in Europe. I hope it continues. And I hope we're able to get a lot of teams in these European competitions to give Greece more and more points to bring up that coefficiency. Um, and it's nice to just see Greek clubs do well in Europe compared to what the heck, what a dumpster fire it's been the past few seasons. I mean, Ike included, you know. Um, but anyway, besides that, I might, I'm going to talk more about the league when it's getting ready to kick off for Ike. But I just wanted to give my few opinions on the league that's getting ready to start this weekend. Obviously, Ike's match against Panathinaikos has been postponed due to the second leg with Inamo this Saturday, so Ike won't be playing. I didn't uh, make notes or who's playing who. I just wanted to give my predictions on what's going to happen in the league or what I think is going to happen and who's going to finish where. So here we go. I'm going to start from the top and work my way down. Uh, again, I see this, and I think I stated this last year at the beginning of the season, it's more of a classical battle 
for the league title, classical meaning the three big teams from the Athens area, let's say, because I know some people don't like Olympiakos being called part of Athens because it's part of Pirea, but anyway, um, that's how I see it. And I mainly see it being a two-horse race right now. I think Ike and Panathinaikos look very strong. Panathinaikos just look like they've gotten even scrappier. They're a tough team to beat. They're going to be a tough out all season. They were a tough out last season. Jovanovic has them playing very scrappy, not the same Panathinaikos as last year, not playing this phenomenally entertaining football, but playing football to get good results. I mean, the fact that they were able to win yesterday, I was very shocked that they were able to go through against Marseille, especially after being 2-0 down. Um, I honestly, from just checking my phone and seeing the score, I thought I was like, okay, here we go. An onslaught's coming from Marseille. That's not to say this was not a very good Marseille side, but still, the fact that Panathinaikos were able to get through, very, very big accomplishment for them. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting to what's going to happen at the top of the league. Could I see Olympiacos getting back into the league? Obviously, Olympiacos is always going to be up there, up top. I mean, even last season, if they had a couple of results go their way, you never know what could have happened. Olympiacos are always going to be there, but I see one, two again, Ike Panathinaikos, and then wouldn't be surprised if Olympiacos kept it close. They're, you know, they're turning over their roster. The downside to Olympiacos is you're bringing in a new management manager, new philosophy, new players. That takes time to gel, as we saw with Ike last year. That, you know, uh, the Almeida Ike did have some growing pains, even though that's hard to believe and hard to look back on. It's hard to get, and the Greek League is a very difficult league to, to manage and and to play in for players. So, with all that said, I think because of Ike bringing back managers, Ike and Panathinaikos bringing back their managers, I give them a leg up on Olympiakos. I think, not to be a homer, I think we win the league simply because of the quality, the depth that I have. Just depends on how much, how deep in Europe every team goes. Um, I do see us as the better side right now. I see it being fairly close again, though, with with Panathinaikos. I don't see Panathinaikos going away this season. I don't see Ike winning the league by like 10, 15 points. Do I hope to God that happens? Yes, because I don't know if my heart can take freaking having another close uh a crazy close uh, league campaign as we did last year. Um, back was finishing third. I I would say Adi's finishing fourth. And Pauk, I don't know what's going on with Pauk. They just have not looked good. Every team has looked decent in these European qualifiers. Every team has looked, you know, like... They there's room for improvement, or they've improved game by game. Because I watched Adis in their first couple of fixtures in the last round of the, the, the Europa Conference League, and they didn't look too impressive, but they looked good against Dynamo Kiev, honestly. They looked like they're getting better. Panathinaikos, the same thing. I did, I did not expect them to go through against Marseille. I know a lot of people are saying Marseille is not playing well, but Marseille has a bigger budget and has a lot more talent than Panathinaikos. But I watched Panathinaikos play better. 
so you see them getting better. Bauk, I don't see them getting better. And I mean, honestly, they needed freaking, I don't know what, I don't know what kind of lucky charms this Luchesco guy eats or what kind of deals he's made with whomever he's made these deals with that gives him this freaking, I mean, against Betar Jerusalem, Betar had to score two own goals in order for Pop to go to go through. That's not to say that Pop don't have talent. And they too, I mean, they, they, they have the same manager, but they have overturned their roster a little bit. They have new players coming in. They have young players. Um, I just, I don't know. From what I've seen now, now, all this can change. It can all get jumbled up. We could see some team overachieve. We could see some team, team really take control of the league if some other team starts screwing up. Like, for example, if Panathinaikos are given the chance to go up on the league this season compared to last season, I think they would run away with it compared to last season. I don't think they would do the the choke job that they ended up doing. Um, but it, I think overall it should be a very exciting uh, Super League year again. Very exciting stuff. We'll have a lot to talk about, obviously, with all the dramas that happen in the Super League. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention was the officiating... I'm going to try to do my best. I've given myself a little bit of a canona here this season to not talk about the officiating as much. But the officiating in this match with Dinamo Zagreb, and I should have said this at the beginning of the podcast, was a little skeptical at best at times. Um, But as the game progressed, there were some calls that went against just not good officiating. Not good officiating for Europe, in, in my opinion. Um... But anyway, guys, Forza, I gotta, hopefully we can get this, we can keep this result or add on more goals and be able to go through and be talking about Antwerp next week. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Forza, I gotta, you know, thanks on Apple, man.